0: Hey, welcome to tonight's show, California Haunts Radio. It's great to see you guys. How is everyone? I hope you're keeping cool. Um, Cal Sa- Sacramento is 93 as we speak, and as you can tell, I've got my fans a blasting, and uh that's going on, and just trying to stay cool at my end. Um, we're waiting on our guests tonight. Um, hopefully <laughs> we can get our wires crossed. Um, but uh My name is Charlotte and I'm going to be your host for the next hour, no matter what happens. And, uh, looking forward to talking with you guys. I am the owner of the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team based out of Sacramento, California. You can find us at our temporary website now uh, hosted by Yahoo at www.californiahaunts.org. Let me get in the chat room here. Okay. I'm Marisa. Um, and, uh, Check out what we have on the website. I'm doing a lot of changes. I'm not only building a website for the, for this show, I'm building a website for the California haunts team. I had to switch websites, website carriers. So that's new on the old list. So I'm having to do that. We have a pretty pretty good sized website that I'm having to switch over. I'm doing a little different setup tonight because you know when I move around, it's like you know, the mics only go certain directions. So if I move around a certain direction. You lose me so i have gone to a two mic system where i have one up above my head here and then i've got one off to this side so that if i go this way because i'd like to come up and like look at your comments and stuff so when i veer off to this side you know you you can hear me clear um the guest i I haven't heard from him since we made the arrangements to do the show i've been sending him links to the show and information on the show so you know, your guess is a good one. Maybe something came up with him, but uh, hopefully he'll come on. I hope. But if not, in the meantime, um, if you guys have any questions at all you'd like to ask me in the chat room, feel free to do it because if he doesn't come on, we're just going to go ahead and just go with it and talk ghosts. Maybe some haunted locations around this area, and we can talk about that. Different places that are accept- that are accessible to people who, you know, you can just walk in and visit these different places, these different hotels and I can update you on some of the plans that are coming up, not only for the show, but for the team, the California Haunts Paranormal Investigation Team itself. Uh, You know, so uh, why don't we get into doing that right now? Um, You know, you guys may not be aware of it. My team's been around for a good, let me get in a position here. There we go. My team's been around for a good, maybe almost 20, almost 16 years. I've been doing this, leading this team. And, uh, you know, in in, in one form or another, because team members come and go. And especially after COVID, because we've had a year off, there've been a couple of investigations that we've done that have been emergency cases involving children. And, uh, you know, that, that is what it is. So we were doing that in the in-between times, but in the last year, we've probably done probably one or two cases. And that, that was about it that we went out on and we had been doing cases right up until the shutdown. So, we've got a lot of catch up to do. and you know a lot of the team members have kind of veered you know, some team members, I haven't heard from them, so they've kind of veered away. so I'm kind of re- I'm kind of in rebuild right now. so I'm looking you know I'm looking for te- I'm looking for new recruits for this team. plus, you know who, whoever's gonna stay with us is gonna stay with us. But we have a lot of plans ahead. You know we were scared. we were supposed to be doing a, a, a promo for a television show. And that kind of, that got put off because of COVID. And so what we're going to be doing in the interim is as soon as I move out of this room and over into the small studio, uh, with the show, we're going to be filming in here, uh, promos for my team. Okay, cool. Hi Karen. As soon as I get done with updates, we'll start talking about some different haunted places up, up your way and whatnot. Um, i'm going to be starting by filming promos for this team and each individual team member is going to be uh in front of the camera and you guys are going to get to meet them each will have like a five minute promo to talk about you know what got them into ghost hunting and, and, and things like that and so it's, it's kind of like a meet and greet for my team so you guys can get to know us you know get us back out there and each each person will have to go on un, un, under the camera and, and do that for me and then from there we're going to start uh going to some of the older hotels and uh start filming our documentary you know we're going to be going back to the riot hotel and the murphy's hotel and those places like that we're going to seriously film a documentary and get that out you know sooner than later so we're going to be pretty busy um and then we're going to do some shows some not only paranormal uh paranormally themed stuff here in the studio but I have a couple of other things planned like a like a nightly meditation for people that we're going to go live every every night with that'll be on the youtube channel as well to start marketing out and stuff so there's a lot you know coming up and going on the plans but it's like i said before i'm in the i i'm in the photo video studio right now with this show and so the, the the goal is to get myself over within the next couple of weeks and get myself over to the uh, sound booth and start doing the show out, out of the sound booth so that I can free up this space in here because my, you know, my real job, of course, I'm a journalist and I'm a photographer. So I had start, started the, the, the process of trying to find some clients so that I could take pictures of, um, of their products for like Etsy. So I could start making some money doing that, you know, put my photography to work. But again, I can't do anything because the space is taken up. It's all radio all the time here. Anyway, let's get on to our topic of choice. Karen uh, Karen Rothstein is in my audience tonight asking about places in Lincoln that I know that are haunted. State farm offices. I felt the presence of a flapper-dressed woman later. I learned it used to be a brothel. You know, there's a lot of that. A lot lot of these old towns like Lincoln, you know, um, a lot of stuff. Either the buildings are are still the same buildings that they're using or they're built on the original... um, uh, the, 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 they're built on the original foundations they're built up. Or in a lot of cases, the foundations were down lower too. You know what? Uh, and, um, uh, I, I, can believe that there's a brothel out there. We haven't really done a lot out in the Lincoln area. You know, we've, we've, we've done a little bit up, in, up in Auburn, but a lot of our stuff because of the location where I was working, a lot of our stuff was in Placerville and, um, Georgetown and, uh, and in those areas, you know, like the old cemetery, like the one old cemetery up in Georgetown uh, when we were investigating the night when the police showed up. Um, and I need to come. Yes, I do need to come out to Rockland. Maybe, maybe or, um, yeah, Lincoln, maybe, maybe you can come in as a guide with us, too. You know, that'd be kind of fun to get out there. Um, I can tell you, though, once you get up in the hills to see the Sierra France shop, it's been seen See, I, I would love to get, we, we have not done anything in Lincoln. That might be a good start for us to, to get back, get our feet wet again and get back up into the Lincoln area. You know, it'd, it'd be kind of cool. Um, I can tell you though, uh, every town, just about every town you go up in that gold country, whether it's Lincoln or Auburn or Ful- even Folsom, you know, you, when you get up in these towns, Downeyville's another one up, uh, up your way. You know, when you get into these little towns. Um, no, nothing's really changed in a lot of them. And they are in the, in the old buildings or like I said, in, on the foundations or, or there's something going on with basements underneath the building. And they're very, they're very, um, very, very active. And, uh, I will you know, every building you go into, I remember my first day working up at the mountain Democrat up in Placerville and how shocked I was when I drove to, when I was driving up main street to go, uh, cover a story because I had taken, and I don't care. I can tell you, you know, can tell you what these are. I, I, I had taken like two or three psychic hits. You know, I hadn't grounded myself, and I was out driving up there, and um, I took what what, what we affectionately call the you know psychic hits. Going just going up the um, just going up Main Street. And what a psychic hit is for everybody that wants to know um, is it 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 affects people differently. But for me, you can feel I, I get tingly all over, and I can feel when when something's come and reached out and touched me. When I'm on out, out on an investigation, and then my stomach will do a flip, and I call it a psychic hit. And so what usually happens after that is I get kind of nauseous, and I'm okay because it, you know it'll just go right through. And it exhausts me; it just zaps all my energy out because that's essentially what they're doing. They're going in, and they're they they, they want to feel your life force as, as they're going through, so they right through, and then and then you're exhausted afterwards. So yeah, my first day working up in plasterville when I was going up to this assignment I, I had to go uh, up Main Street to, to get there and I took three or four second kids went up there. Um, I can tell you if you want to see a lot of activity though plasterville Main Street plasterville is, is a great place to go. It's a great place to go um, because uh, every building on you know Broadway, Broadway slash main street, every building up there in the old town part of Placerville has, has a ghost. If you talk with the people that own the businesses, depending on who they are, cause not everybody wants to broadcast that they've got a haunted building. But if you talk to people, yes, the hardware store. Yes. If you talk to people in the buildings, they will tell you flat out that that they've got activity in those buildings and it's nothing bad. It's nothing. It's nothing that's going to attack you or, or anything demonic or anything like that. These are just gold rush ghosts, you know, gold, gold, gold rush ghosts that enjoy partying still, you know, they're they're like this one place we did in the back. Um, What was it? Oh, when we did the uh, ice cream shop, it's not an ice cream shop anymore. I think it's the, uh, all those buildings have changed hands. So I I do believe it's no longer the ice cream shop. It may be, um, it may be that forest place where they go to eat. They have that that jungle theme. I forget what it's called now. And when you go in the back there, there, there's an area behind everything, of course, where where there's storage for the store. And we, uh, I was back with one of our team psychics and, it had been a saloon back there. Supposedly, that had been a saloon area, because remember, um, prohibition at one time, and you also had a lot of, like, like Karen Rosting says, you also had a lot of um, houses of ill repute for the late, you know, for, for, for the miners, because of course you had a lot of gold miners up there. Yeah, yeah. I want to up this a little bit since it's only me on tonight. That way I can see your comments as they come up. I'm going back. Chilling experience. Ba-ba-ba-boom. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so there's a lot of passageways that went. In, and it's not just possible that has these. I mean, any ta- any old town has these. I know I did a couple. I did a couple. Um, what is this called? Okay. I did a couple uh, places up in towards the bay area that were older that also had these sacramento has them all, all those all the underground in sacramento areas they all led because the men you know they were trying to show that they had proper stores and proper proper facilities for people to go visit so a lot of them led underground through via passageways to brothels because that's how they could sneak back and forth without getting caught by the wives or or whatever but a lot of these places did that plaster mills no different woodland had them too even women, you know, where the men could come in and have their drinks and then they'd go through a passageway and, 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 um, go see the ladies of the night. So you get a lot of that. And so we were in the back of this ice cream place and I was filming, of course, and we had a camera person from the mountain Democrat with us and we were doing an AVP session and we actually picked up the sound of what sounded like somebody taking a, a shot glass and, and turning it over and slamming it down on the um, bar. And we have audio from that, which was kind of cool. And we all heard it. It was funny. We're all in there and it's all quiet. It's in the dark. You know, ghost hunters love to do it in the dark. And uh, everybody jumped. There were like five of us in the room. Every, every last one of us jumped. You know, so we all heard it. And it was neat because I was able to pick it up and I was able to reproduce the sound as well because there were some barrels in some, some wooden barrels in the room. And I said, I said, you know, it sounds like something striking, you know, sh- shiny wood or, or, or something. And so I, I was able to take, because I carry <laughs> one of the things, that, I, I'm a person that likes trigger objects. So when you go with me, you know, I have like, like vodka bottles that don't have vodka in them. You know what I mean? they're just for show and I carry shot glasses and I carry po- poker chips and I'm carrying all this stuff. So, we had, you know, I just happened to have some shot glasses with me. And so I was able to do the flip over and recreate this out. We also found out with this ice cream shop, uh, um, one of the things that that happened in the back was they had a scale back there and whatever they were using the scale for. And um, the scale, even though the power was shut off, the scale would come up, would turn on and off by itself. And we actually had to, a video camera um, turned on, turned towards the scale because of this. And while we were there, you know, in that back room, that that scale would const- <clears throat> constantly turn turn on off by itself. And we had the power shut down, you know, to the room, except for what we were running, of course. But the switch was off on the scale and it would turn on by itself. So that kept going on when we were in there. I also found out later on in doing research and it was fascinating to find out was that at one time the I think it was like three buildings that had been a slaughterhouse and they had kept cattle out there and they had kept, um, they had, you know, pigs and cows and stuff like that. And we were, we were also picking up noises from cattle and we couldn't figure out why. You know, why. Why did we hear cows moving on these EVPs? And that's what it turns out that that, that was a slaughterhouse at one time. So it's neat. It's neat the things that you can figure out that you can line up with, with going over the you know to, to the town, to 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 the county archives and looking stuff up. Or in this case, the main county archives is the is the fair is the, is the um, El Dorado County Fairgrounds. They have the main archives building. You can go there and do research for donation. But that was one of the places, and I, I do believe that became the forest. I'm not positive, but I think that became that forest place. I'm dying to. I excuse the pun. Those places are really cool. I like to go in there and have dinner, just not not because it's haunted, but just to have dinner in there. But um, I do believe that became that because I know after the ice cream shop was in there, it became a different type of restaurant as well. And before the ice cream shop, it, it, it was a candy store. It was a big candy store on main street and the candy store actually moved across the way. Um, the bookstore, there's a book. I think it's, I don't know if it's the bookery or what it's called. It's still. I think. I believe it's still a bookstore. And that's right next to the, um, to the hotel, which the name of the hotel escapes me now because it's hot and I'm tired. Uh, but, uh, the hotel is really, really hot. It is really, really active. There's a lot that goes on there, but the book the book plays next door. Plasterville is noted because a lot of the ghosts in Plasterville not only will haunt one building, they'll haunt multiple buildings on main street people will see them and hear them. And they know it's the same ghosts. Um, So this bookstore being next to the uh, hotel, if I remember my history right, again, another saloon, (laughs) always a saloon, right? A second saloon, and uh, a gentleman, usually their names are George, so I'm going to say George for fun. A gentleman would go from that particular hotel, Willie, I think Willie or George, a gentleman from that hotel would always go over every evening and have a drink over at this saloon. And they've, and so in this bookstore they've seen his apparition in there. And over the years, the books get moved off the shelves or they'll be walking through the building and the shelves, the, the books will go flying off the shelves on them, you know, or they'll come in the next day and stuff's been moved around, that kind of stuff going on. People have felt, you know, gotten tapped on the shoulder. Um, there's also reports of people walking or the owners coming in, in the early morning and they could hear like like um, China, China tinkling, like people are, are drinking tea or they're, they're, they got their somebody's eating there on, on China plates and whatnot, and they hear women talking in there. So maybe at one time was a tea house or something like something along that. Yeah, really, yes, that's something along that line. But uh, when we were there on that particular night, uh, to, uh, again it was for a newspaper article. I, I got to be photographer and, and uh, writer for it. Uh, we ended up getting cold spots that we were able to chase around the room, you know, and follow around the room. Uh, we got a couple EVPs of, of a gentleman asking us why we were there. Of course, we kept asking him why, why he was there. Um, and things like that and knockings, you know, <clears throat> knockings that would come back and stuff like that. Oh yeah. The other thing about the ice cream shop was that, um, they've got the, there's kind of like a stairway in the middle of it where the restrooms are. And we could smell cigar smoke, you know, the five different investigators from the team were sitting on the stairway, uh, doing EVP sessions and stuff. And they could smell, smell cigar smoke out of nowhere. Um, we also had, uh You know, there's a bell when you come through the door, a chime. The chime kept going off while we were there. Stuff like that. And then we had the water turn on and off on us a couple times. Back to the bookstore, yeah. You know, it, it wasn't a lot that happened at the bookstore, but it was enough. But, see, the people that owned the bookstore at that time had a real wicked sense of humor in that there's, like, again, there's a basement area, like I told you guys. Well, what they decided to do was they took a couple of plastic Halloween skeletons and stuck them in this hole, this basement thing. So that when you walked in there, but the thing is they, they lit it up for fun because they know the history of Plasterfield being haunted. So they actually had a light in this area. So when people came to the bookstore, I don't know if it's still there, you, you could look down and see these two skeletons that they made look really old, you know, and stuff down, in the, down in this hole in the, in the middle of the bookstore. So that was kind of fun with them. Uh, Pamela, were there any ghosts aggressive towards me? No, actually, we didn't have any issues. In Plasterville, with any of the ghosts we met, that's probably one of the most least aggressive places that we've gone for. Well, you know, people because you get these, you know, you do get ones like even the Murphy's Hotel, up in, up in Murphy's, where you got um, Eleanor who protects the hotel. But we didn't find anything like that, you know. We, you know, they were really cool. They're just there generally coming in from the mines and doing their thing, you know, and, and you know, usually wasted or whatever. They're playing poker or whatever they're doing. The Hangman in placerville is there he, he's still around he, he walks the streets the original hangman which is where you come into Willie. and i had a couple i had a couple encounters with him and that it was really weird because he walks the same path people see him walking the same path he walks from the he walks from the courthouse up main up main street probably to what was the jail but he walks from the courthouse and and people see him doing it and he's got he's always got the black Cape, you know, the, 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 black hangman's mask on in the Cape. And I got off work early one night and I had to cover a story down at what, what would be probably about, cause the, Mount, the mountain Democrat at that time was at the top of the hill and it was about maybe a quarter mile well, it's a quarter mile, maybe, maybe five, six blocks up above where the main main street was, you know, where the main main street is they've since moved, but that's where they were. And I used to get off at five and I always, you know, once in a while, I, I would have a night assignment, like at six, like at six or seven. So I would go grab dinner, and then park, you know, wherever, wherever my assignment was, and maybe, and maybe crash for a bit because you know you're tired at the end of the day. And this on one of these occasions, it was at the uh, community center, and which is probably about four doors down from the courthouse, from the main courthouse. Just kind of curves around and I was parked out there and the, the building has, excuse me, it's hot. the building itself has these big windows on all the way, like, like all the, where the parking lot is, there's these, there's these reflective windows and they face um, east, try my direction straight and they face east and you can park. And this is one of those deals where you can see your, you know, the reflection of your car and, and you sitting in, seeing in your car. So I'm sitting there. And um, I happened to look up into my rear view mirror and I kind of, and I thought I saw someone walk behind my car, which wouldn't be, you know, a stretcher because of course they were going to hold a class there that night. So maybe people were starting to arrive or whatever. But then I happened to look straight ahead into the reflective windows and I saw the reflection of the hangman in his black, you know, uniform walking behind my car. And he was going from um, North to South behind my vehicle. And I watched him and then I looked up at my rear view mirror and I could still see him going. So when I turned around to take a look at him, he disappeared, but I clearly, I wasn't asleep. I had done In fact, I, I had half a burger stuffed in my mouth when when I saw this and he just went, you know, from one side of the parking lot to the other and disappeared. So that happened when I saw him. Um, I was out late at night one night coming home from Georgetown because I used to go cover uh, stories up in Georgetown. And sometimes, depending on how the weather was, you know, because the road back to Auburn and Karen Rostin could probably vouch for this. That one road going back to Auburn is real twisty. And I really didn't want to deal with that at night. And so I would come back past Coloma and come back to Plasterdale. And I was I checked in at the paper and then I was driving again, driving back down main street. And as I was coming down the street, I saw him off to my right. And he was coming up just like they said, from, from the court, it looked like he'd come out of the courthouse and he was coming up the street. And then he just faded out right in front of me. So that was kind of cool, but you could clearly see him doing this. Um, The old hangman's bar. Hangman Saloon, which is what, well, I guess Plasterville's not going to be known for hanging anymore, obviously, because they're trying to pass that law, or it's already been passed. We're going to take the noose off everything. But the old Hangman Saloon we did a couple of times. Of course, but most of them were for the newspaper. And the first time we went was interesting because I remember going in there, and there, 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 there used to be an up, I don't have to put it there anymore. There was an upstairs portion to it. And the upstairs portion was, I mean, you'd look up there and you'd be a little a little creeped out because the windows were dark and stuff and it didn't, and the stairway was real dark. So then there was a door you could go through. And I remember they, they opened the door for us. And I remember looking in there and, you know, you think about ominous feelings before you enter a, you know, enter a location or go to enter into someplace. And I looked in there and I looked at the person next to me and I said, well, I'm not going in there. I said, you know, it's true I don't like the dark as it is. I'm a ghost and I'm afraid of the dark. You know, it's true I don't like the dark as it is, but there's just something about the, I'm feeling just really weird about going in there. So we decided to go to the main hangman saloon. So we go in the saloon. We're in there, and the psychic we're with said, oh, yeah, there's somebody sitting at the end of the bar. He's sitting out there having a couple of drinks. There's a couple other people in here. So we start doing our sessions and all this, and I start to do um, – dowsing rod sessions, you know, talking to see if I could do some more communication work and stuff along with the psychic that was with us at the time. And all of a sudden she says, you know, we're going to be here forever. And I said, why are we going to be here forever? She says, because they're lined up on the street. They want to come in and talk to you. So we spent about five hours probably talking to them literally through the dowsing rods, I guess, you know, nobody had talked to me in a while. Then we decided to go upstairs. I I finally got the nerve to go upstairs. And let me turn this mic. There we go. And um, we get up there, and it was a full apartment up there. And um, there was a bathtub, you know, the bathroom area where there was there was a bathtub, and you know it was empty of course. But you can see where, where they might have had a stove up there and whatnot. It was probably for whoever had built the hangman hangman saloon or where you know whoever was living, you know, whoever was the manager or whatever, you know, cause they used to do that in the old time East West, you know, well, as far as Bonanza goes, but they used to do that so that somebody would live, live above the caretaker. And um, you got the weirdest feeling in it because as you're sitting in there doing sessions, you could feel a breeze. And it was weird cause it seemed like the breeze was going back and forth. So as I'm sitting there doing a session, I feel this breeze going back and forth and other people in the room are not, are noticing it as well. Other people on the team are noticing this, this cold breeze going back and forth. So it's not just me. Then you could smell the cigar smoke and that was wafting. Remember there's no one downstairs in the bar. Everything shut down in that bar. And unless there's windows open upstairs, which there weren't at that time. So once once all this started to go down, of course we're all looking at the windows and trying to see if they're open or whatever. And the door was shut and all this, and we wanted to make sure there was nothing wafting through you know, coming in from the street or anybody walking the street smoking cigar, you could, you can, you could smell the cigar. And at the same time, you know, as you smelled it, the cigar was going back and forth. Like somebody was pacing. Psychic comes in the room and says, he's over there. He's pacing. She's in the bathtub taking a bath and he's not very happy with her. He's very frustrated. So they're arguing and he's pacing back and forth. So when we did our EVP sessions, we actually picked up a gentleman. He kept going, who kept ask, who kept asking the same question over and over. Why did why 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 did you do it? 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 So it's kind of cool. I mean, you got the three things going on. You got the investigators um, feeling the cold spot. You got the investigators smelling the the, the cigar smoke and noting that they're going back and forth in a consistent direction. And then you got the guy asked, and then you got the psychic saying, "Hey, they're arguing." And she's in the bathtub and this is going on. And then we're getting a, you know, we pick up the EVP that says, why did you do it? Why did you do it? So it's kind of cool. You know, it's, it's kind of compelling evidence when you think about it. Um, As we left that room and started, because you had to go out the door and there was a landing and then you would take the stairs down. So I stepped out into this, on this landing and I lost my balance. And I said, well, that's weird. So I got up again and it felt like the ground was swaying below me, right, right. Where the stair, right, where the top of the stairwell was. And of course, the first thing I do is I look up and Karen Clark stand, Karen, Karen Clark, or a psychic standing there. And I said, okay, why am I feeling this, this, this sway up here? And she says, she says, because this is the branch that they were hung from. seriously and she says yeah I, I can see the body swaying below so maybe that's what i was feeling because the old truth be told with the hangman saloon in bill, is that the tree the actual hangman's tree is still the roots and part of the stump is still underneath the building you just can't crawl under there cause it's all yucky under there to get to it. But if you really felt adventurous, you know, you could put a wetsuit on or whatever and get down under there and go see this hangman stump. but it's still there. It's still in the building. In fact, I think when they tore the building down, they took photos out there. If you guys want to do research on that. Um, but that was, that that was weird because there's only one other place I have, I have felt that sway and that was up in Virginia city at the Washu club. Where I felt the room sway, and it wasn't only me. In fact, Jerry, who's on, can kind of verify because he was standing behind me at the Washoe Club when we felt the floor in the one room um, sway. It was moving under our feet. We could we, we could feel it. Um, but that 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 was the Hangman's Saloon in Placerville. That has since moved too because they, they shut it down because the building was about ready to die and to collapse on everybody's head, you know. Um, I remember I was getting ready to do an investigation. Preston, I think we were going to go to Preston and I went to have lunch and there's a, there's a newer mall where the Rite Aid is. And I stopped in to have Chinese food at this place for lunch on my lunch break. And I was sitting there and having my lunch. And I saw an old Chinese man dressed in Asian man. I'm sorry, old Asian man. Dressed in all um, well, the clothing of that period, of that time period, back you know from from the um, <clears throat> from the Gold Rush. I saw this gentleman. Let me do this real quick. Okay, make sure yeah. Kendrick didn't come in. I saw this gentleman um, go from one wall. He went into was a um, he went from east to west, and I, right in front of me, about maybe ten feet away from me. <clears throat> excuse me, and I saw him walk from east to west through, through from through one wall and through the other. And that was during the day. Nobody else saw them. The employees were standing there. Nobody saw but me, but I saw it. Stuff like that. Mountain Democrat, <clears throat> same investigation. Um, I got to the point where, you know, I never thought of myself as a sensitive person, even though I saw stuff, like, at my house as a kid. <clears throat> I was always seeing stuff. But the more I was up in Placerville the more sensitive I got. You know, the more I did investigations, the more sensitive I got. And it got to the point where before investigations, I would see stuff <clears throat> that, that, that was directly related to the investigations we were going to go on as a team. <clears throat> and um, we were going to Preston. We've done Preston like four or five times before they started charging. I mean, we were invited for some other stuff. At one time, um, Todd Wolf and Scott... My, my good buddy, Scott. My mind's like jello. Um, they used to have a TV show, Wolf Manor. And it, it was about... Uh, I've, lost, I've lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. I was thinking about something else. But anyway, Preston. We were going up to Preston. And I remember... Um, I didn't know any stories about what was going on. Excuse me for losing my train of thought. So there's so, so many places. Um, and we were... Uh, going up there and plan, we had planned your year, year was packed. We were going to go up after work. We were going to stay the night up at the hotel up there, you know, and do rest of the next night. And I went to the, the women's restroom at the place where the mountain Democrat was located at that time. And I thought, you know, I feel weird. So I looked over my, my right shoulder and I saw a woman standing there with white hair and she was wearing a smock, a blue smock. And the, and the smock had, had little flowers on it you know like 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 your grandma's smock when you were growing up that kind of smock and i, I saw her really clear and she was just she's just standing there staring at me and later on when we went up to preston and we were looking at photos of the woman that had been killed by by one of the um inmates there it was her that's what i mean that's, that stuff started weird stuff started happening for this investigation before i go on Plasterville is a really, really happening place. I can tell you that the Sequoia. Oh my gosh. We've done the Sequoia so many times, so many times. In fact, on the website, I have. Karen Clark is on the website and she is she, she can go into trances and. You know, they talk through her, that, that kind of thing. And we I actually have an interview with literal interview with the woman that supposedly had owned the Sequoia for years. And, asking her you know how she felt about things now and you know and a lot of the answer was that she liked to sit there and watch the people as they had dined you know as, as they dined in in the, in the building because there's now they use it for um they use it for weddings and stuff so you've got weddings and all this is going on so she likes to sit there and watch the people as they're doing all this stuff um the sequoia was interesting because as usual we're filming we're always <laughs> we're always filming something. And a little boy had died there. And, you know, of course you've got other deaths going on. What we didn't know at the time was that there was another hangman's tree up there. We had no clue about this at all, at all, until we did some research and asked around. Um, There's a woman that appears and I think this is a woman that Karen had talked to in the women's restroom and if you're down if if in the downstairs women's restroom if you're in the women's restroom and you're in there brushing your hair or something and you look in the mirror she'll appear to you in the mirror as you did as you're brushing your hair and one of my investigators uh, janelle uh, who is the debunker i mean she will go through and really meticulously debunk stuff and i had been coming up the hallway because i had been having things going on in the little stage, brunch area. We were having high EMF triggers and, and cold spots that I was following up on and the curtains were moving by themselves. And you know, the old, again, we turn off all the air conditioning and all that. It's so all that's going on. So I was trying to figure out what was going on with that. And she comes running out of the bathroom and her eyes are like saucers. And she says, she says, Oh my God, I saw her. I said, you saw who? I saw the woman. I saw her in the mirror. And she described her. And it was the woman that's in the photos that you see as you know, the original owners of Sequoia. And, um, so a few, again, a few years later I go back and we're in there with channel 10 and we're in the bathroom doing a session, a dowsing and Russell and Karen Clark's with us and Karen, there's some photos of Karen sitting down on the ground doing this session. And I've got a uh, thermal imaging camera with me. And so I'm, I'm taking pictures with this thermal, you know, single shots and up above Karen. And remember, we always make sure that the ACs are, that the AC and the heater are off of these buildings. And this is like around, it has to be around October sometime. And up above where Karen's doing her session, something starts to form on these wooden bathroom doors. And I've got a sequence of probably eight shots where you can see it forming in sequence as the, as, as, the red, you know, as the red thing is getting bigger and bigger and bigger about Karen. And then I also have it going the other way in sequence. It gets to a certain crescendo and then it starts to go down. And the whole time Karen's channeling, channeling down that basement or, or not, that, that, that bathroom. And what was really cool about this, was that she was communicating with the, the, the spirit of a woman or of an, a man. And they had said that they had been hung there. And, and it struck us as funny. And we went back to some research. And as it turned out, where the restrooms are in, in the Sequoia downstairs, where these restrooms are, that was the front. The, that was like the outside of the building. And there was a tree there and someone had been hung there because Karen had complained during the session, which if you go on our website, you can, you can hear her talking about how she can't breathe. She's having trouble breathing. Like something's like something's tripping her neck and she doesn't know why and she could feel the sway. Somebody, there was a tree that's right outside there and somebody was hung from that tree. So she thinks she picked up on that. Same day, same session, same woman. because we were talking to the same woman. I get the dowsing rod out, and I said, well, are you still here? Rod's crossed, yes. And I said, can you tell me um, who you are? Yes. I said, are you buried? Because there's a cemetery right across the way. And I said, well, are you buried in that cemetery across the way? Rod's crossed, yes. I said, will you show me where your grave is? Yes. So we pack our stuff up we go over the cemetery and I said, well, keep the camera on me. We're going to walk, you know, we're going to walk through let the rods lead us to where they're going to lead us. And so this is a long video and I get out there and I've got the dowsing rods and I'm like, lead me through, please. And so I'm being led through the cemetery, whatever direction the rods want to take me. And we get to this one grave of this woman. So I'm snapping photos, get what I need go back in the building, talk to the manager, former employee that worked there like in the 1800s and they have a record of her name. Pretty cool stuff. Pretty cool stuff. You know, uh, the other things that happened when we were there is the power kept getting shut off. There was some kind of meeting, some kind of rotary meeting or something in there when we first arrived and the power kept getting shut off in the, in the main um, dining room. And Karen channeled this gentleman that said he was the one that kept turning the power off, you know, off and on. So we've, we've had some fun times in there and that's a place that if you, yeah. if you ever get the chance to get in there, cause there is a wine cellar where, you know, where, where they, 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 sell their own, you know, that they have wine that you can buy and stuff. If you ever get the chance to get up there and at a wedding or something, and you have abilities, it's a good thing to just take a walk around and see what you can feel because the ghosts aren't shy. They're, they're Like I said, they're there watching people. They're, the original owners are always there watching people in the building. So it's, 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 a, it's a place where they're not going to harm you or anything, but they're just going to watch. And so you know, you can feel it. You can feel the cold spots. You can feel all that. So it's, it's kind of fun to go in there. You know, that's another haunted place in the area, cemeteries, Karen Rothstein mentioned cemeteries. Um, there's a particular cemetery up by Georgetown that, that we used to go up to with newspaper. And, um, cause it's creepy at night, you know, and there's, there's no lights and it's just, it's just scary stuff. That's why ghost hunters do it in the dark, right? Cause it's scary. And we get up there and on the way up there as the first shadow person I ever saw, Karen Clark and I are driving up there in my vehicle. And normally I would have a camera rolling, but I didn't because it was dark. And I knew, I, I know the road is, is interesting going into Georgetown from the Auburn side. And so I decided not to run a camera on my dash. And I wish I had because as we were going up, you know, up there, the closer we got to the cemetery, we got up there and um, the shadow person walked right in front of my car. And my Saturn uh, red line has really, really, really good headlights, you know, really strong headlights. And I can tell you that when this, when this thing walked in front of my car, it totally blocked out. Yes, I agree with you. Karen Karen says she's not a fan of cemeteries in the dark the light for that matter yeah I agree I agree and um when, it, when this gentleman walked he was tall it had, he had to be about six feet tall it was a man and I remember seeing an animal like you know going up to work even on highway 50 I actually had an animal a bobcat bobcat or whatever they call him up there cross in front of my car on highway 50 and the way it went up because it went shot right across then it leaped up the side of the the, the hill you know because there's you know each side is embankments on, the, on these roads <laughs> and when this guy this man walked across in front of us karen saw him too and she says oh my god do you see that do you see that it's a it's, it's a shuttleman it's a shuttleman and i said yeah 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 it's a shuttleman he walked completely across blocked out the light of the headlights Okay, completely blocked out, just just like just like somebody standing in front of the car. Only it was like like a like you would think a black hole in space would be, just no light, would penetrate him or, or, or highlight anything on him, and he walked across and he shot up the side of the hill, like the animal did. I even stopped the car. Karen and I got out to see what it was like. Okay, no one out there for miles, and both sides of the road had you know had had embankments going up. And this thing came across and did that get up to the cemetery, and we go to the cemetery. And of course, you know, people, you know, you'd be surprised how many dead don't hang out at cemeteries. You know, you think they would sometimes they do, you know, but uh, that one's a fairly active cemetery. There's just, there's just like, just folks hanging out, talking to each other and stuff, nothing bad, nothing evil up there. Just, you know, which is why we would go up there to get EVPs and stuff with, with the media. But if you guys want to hear another kind of more scary story about a shadow man i i actually have one i've seen three shadow men my phone's ringing i don't know who would who in their right mind would call me during a show but you know i'm gonna punish them. but anyway um so that's the Plasterville area and we've done some other stuff up there you know uh but uh that's that's the lowdown on where we've had the main places you know there's another store up on main street that that we did where they have a there's an old man and a dog that that, that hangs out in the store and it's hard they're harmless they're just harmless they hear knocking sounds and whatnot carry house hotel we've done that you know where we've we've actually been upstairs and we've we've talked with the with with a couple of the ghosts up in the carry house that's another place to take a look at the carry house when you're when you're up in Fosterville. so like i said main street is a plethora for ghosts now you guys want to hear about the second shadow man, the most dramatic shadow man encounter that I had, um, and it wasn't only me; it was the whole team. I had ten people up there with me who saw this shadow man, and this was up in Colombia, and it was at the Fallon Hotel. And the, 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 there's a build-up story to all this. I was driving up with Rose on our team, and. As we were going up, we got the weirdest feeling in the van, like like something, someone was in the van with us as we were driving up there. And first thing I thought, I don't know Karen Rothstein has discovered this. If you guys, I'm gonna like veer off a little bit. If you guys wanna feel a ghost or feel someplace where something has happened, Sacramento is a good place to do this. You know, all the fatal accidents on the freeways, one thing I found you can do, especially like all these real hot days is roll the windows down in your car. Okay. Turn your AC off. I know it sounds horrible, but roll the windows down in your car because you can drive through cold spots on the freeways where a fatal accident has happened. You could feel the cold spots on the freeway. I've done this time and time I've taken people out to do this to prove it you can actually feel cold spots on the freeway where there'd been a fatal accident. And if you feel a cold spot, you can go back through, you know, get online and Google and find out if there was a fatal there. But this, you, you can do this on the freeway. So we're driving up there to Columbia, twisty roads, always twisty roads, everywhere you go up there, down those areas. And we felt like somebody was in the car with us and we couldn't figure it out. And my first thought was, well, you know, cause we could feel like it would get really, really cold in the car. And my first thought was, well, maybe there was a fatal accident up here that we're not aware of. So I get on the phone, I call Nancy Matz. And of course, you know, cell phone was cutting it out. she go, I, and she says, yeah, there's someone in the car with you. And she says, it's a man, you know, and he's doesn't seem like he's very happy about you going up to the hotel. And I said, well, I'm just going to ignore him and drive. So I kept driving, got up to the hotel and she says, he's 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 in the car with you right now you know you might want to tell him to get out he seems like he's kind of semi-aggressive very interesting and so i yelled at him. i do what every tried ghost psychic like ghost hunter does is I, I yelled at him to get him out of my car and he went so we start to go to the hotel and we start knocking on the door to get in because they were closed down that day and no one's answering and we're pounding on the door and we're like hey we're here help house her is here. Nobody heard us in the hotel. And we were loud enough that the hotel down, down main street, which is probably half a block, the manager from there came down to let us in. They heard us. So we opened the door of the hotel and the manager that runs the hotel was just two rooms away, but she didn't hear us weird stuff going on. So whoever this man was, he just wasn't happy with us coming into this hotel. So we go in, enter the hotel. I never use restrooms in haunted hotels. That's <laughs> a rule. Because a lot of the, even though the, the, rule is ghosts are attracted to water. And a lot of the time you'll get a, a lot of haunted restrooms in places because that's where they're, you know, all the water is. And even though they changed the plumbing in a hotel, that's this, the top part of the plumbing, this, the old plumbing still underneath unless they dig the whole damn thing up, you know, so you still got that old, old plumbing. So we go in the hotel, I had to go to the bathroom. Rose is taking a tour with the manager. They go down and off to the side of this hotel is really cool. There's a theater next door and there's an ice cream shop where they do and all this off to the side. So they go down to go down the stairs, of the theater and the manager of the hotel got pushed down the, pushed down the stairs. Something wasn't happening with us. I know Pamela was asking about aggressive. This was aggressive. And so they came back up and I said, oh, boy, it's going to be a fun night. So everybody starts showing up. And we start to do our investigation and we had a lot of electrical problems. And then we had a couple employees that were buttheads too, that would turn the power off on us and stuff to try to scare us. And of course, we were aware of that. But there was other stuff going on as well, like cameras that wouldn't work cameras that work all the time, you get them hooked up, they're not working. Stuff like that was going on. Real frustrating electrical problems, which is, which is normal on investigation par for the course. It's just a given you're going to have these problems. So we just kind of blew through it, you know, kept, kept setting stuff up and whatnot. And we start communicating with this gentleman, this ghost. And he, he proceeds to tell us he wants us to stay out of one particular room. Okay, fine. You know, I'm not going to fight with anybody. I don't want to get attacked or anything like that. So I said, yeah, let's just kind of stay out of there. So then things started to go really good for the night. And we're, you know, we were doing, going room to room and doing our investigating and all this. And little things were happening. And, you know, there's, there's this thought that there's a little boy that's that, that that's there that plays with toys. And people see him all the time. So, of course, I brought Trader Objects for that. And all this is going on. So we decided to go in that room. Because the little boy was supposed to hang out in there. And I, I asked the, the ghost nicely. I said, look, we're not going to harm anything. We just want to try to talk to the little boy. We go in there. And nothing happened. You know, we, we did our little EVP session. Come out of there. And we go down to where the where they serve the sarsaparillas and the ice cream. And I was having fun because I had some flashlights. So I put you know, to try to do communication with flashlights and dowsing rods. So I thought, you know, let's try something fun. And so I put, I put the one flashlight behind me. I put one off to the right, off to the left and one across the room. And I was doing yes, no questions communicating like, okay, that flashlight over there is a yes, this flashlight over here is a no, that one behind me is a maybe, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I was having, I was communicating that way with them, with the lights going off at different intervals to answers along with the dowsing rods, got that done, decided to go into the parlor, of the hotel, and my back was to a long hallway, and it was dark, right? It's dark where it's in there. The only light we had coming in was from the door. The door in these hotels are beautiful because this one was um, cut glass. So any light coming in from the street was all little cut glass. You know, so it was, in, it was really beautiful, really beautiful. Was, there was a street light right out there, so it was really, really gorgeous. And so we could see each other pretty clearly, you know. And Rose looks up and I'm doing my session, my dowsing rod session. And she says, Charlotte, there's a, there's a dark shadow coming up the hallway. And I thought, you know, it's two in the morning. Maybe we're tired. Maybe we're seeing things fine. So I kept doing my EVP session. And as I looked off to my right, because I watched my team, everybody got silent. Everybody, everybody's head went off to the right and they were all staring. I look over there and there's a man standing there. He couldn't have been more than six feet away from me. Shadow man, about six feet tall, standing there and he, he walked in and stopped to stare at us deliberately. He was watching us and we all saw him. So, all of a sudden, the team, the team erupts like, hey, get out of here. We don't want you here. Everybody felt he was sinister. I felt I felt there was something sinister going on with this guy. And so we all, get out, you know, in the name of this, in the name of that. Get out, be gone. We watched him walk another seven feet, eight feet to that door, and he went through the glass of the door. He blocked all the light in that door as he went through. So I waited a couple minutes, and I thought, okay, I want to go back, finish my session, because we're going to be either go on to sleep or we're going to get out of here and go home. Anyway, this is, this is the end of the night. So I go back to doing my session and I see him, he's at, he's outside the door and I'm watching him as I'm doing my session and dang, if he didn't come back through that door and stop again to see what we were doing. Again, everybody erupts. Oh my God. You know, well, go, go, go. You gotta leave. We, we don't want you here. Blah, 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 blah. So he disappears again back in the dark hallway. So we wrap up, we we kind of stayed there for that night, wrapped up early in the next morning and then drove home at like like five or six in the morning. I get home, um, it's like probably noon, 12, one o'clock, something like that, and I'm exhausted, so I lay down on my couch. And I'm kind of in that, you know, that state where you're half asleep. All of a sudden, I feel this heavy weight on me. And I'm thinking this is my dog and I'm thinking that's oh, one of the dogs. I'm not going to worry about it, but I could feel it. And I felt hands right here. Something had me by just right in this area. And I'm like, well, I'm thinking, well, that's not my dogs. So I reached up and I could feel the arms that were there. And I pushed as hard as I could like this. And then the weight came off. And I remember jumping up and I was, and I I was just yelling. I was just get out of my house. You don't belong here. I don't know who the hell you are, but you don't belong here. I guess he left. I, I guess he took off. Talked to one of my psychics later on, one of my psychic friends later on. And she told me that I reminded him of, of someone that he knew. Obviously someone he didn't like, a lover, a woman that he knew back in the 1800s. You know, that he didn't like. The interesting part of all this, and I am going to put together a um, thing for the website is because I happened to be watching The Haunted Collector a couple weeks ago. You know, the reruns. They went to that hotel. They had the same thing happen to them with this man. And they actually had photos of the woman that this man, was angry over. So that was kind of cool, you know, to have the same kind of activity and everything happened to John Zavis and his team that happened to my team when we were at the same hotel. So I'm going to be writing something up on that because that was, I I even emailed him to say, Hey, you know what, John? Wow. Because everything that happened to you guys with the shadow man and everything happened to us when we were there on site. So that was kind of cool to confirm. You know, but see you can go, you can go to that hotel and visit. There's also another one in that town that's haunted. but you know you can just walk in the lobby and visit visit the hotel. Murphy's hotel and Murphy's is another one that's easy access. They have a new wing they have a new wing where you can stay in, in, in newer places or you can stay in the old area of it upstairs where it's active but the ones in Murphy are completely different there's nothing aggressive in Murphy just at the Fallon Hotel whenever whoever you know whatever but this buzzing in that guy's cowboy hat you know Murphy's is fun because they're playing they're still playing poker they're still up there playing poker in the rows in fact i have video of us playing ethereal poker with the, with, with these ghosts to the extent that we're on this particular bed playing you know we're playing poker with them and I leave an open area for the, you know, for, for the ghost to sit and, you know, we're dealing cards and stuff. And when the ghost got a winning hand, he turned the lights on and off in the room. I guess he got so excited. He drained the energy down the room turned the light, lights on and off and we, we got it all on film It's stuff like that. And then when you compare that with what the employees see, you know, like the one room they go into and then she sees the men playing poker in the room. All kinds of stuff. You can go into the Murphy's hotel and go up to the desk and ask them stories. They, 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 they they keep a running list of the activity in the hotel. You know, that, that, that's a great place. If you, if you have to go somewhere on a Sunday and you live in this area to go up to Murphy's and check out that hotel and just walk the halls because you will more, if if you're psychic, you're going to hit on all kinds of stuff. And if you if you stay at the night, you do EVP sessions in, in, just in your room or maybe in the hallways or maybe ask them to get to let you in the Twain ballroom, you're going to get something in there. There's just no other way. You know, um, we've got footage that I don't post a lot because, you know, there's a lot of debunkers out there. And I know it's solid footage because I've had a lot of my team look at it, too. But I just don't want to go through that. And then the people involved be embarrassed. But I have footage of one of our investigators who right in front of us on camera. What um, I don't want to say the word taken over, but the ghost actually went into his body right on camera and you can see it. You can see where he's talking to our psychic who's sitting right next to him. And then all of a sudden he gets blurry. And I even tell him he's blurry. I say, Jose, Jose, you're blurry. And he says, I know, I know something's here. Something's here. I don't feel so good. And then as this goes on and and, and, and the psychic chimes in and says, oh, it's so-and-so. Jose says, sir, you do not have permission to be inside my body. I did not give you permission to do this. And right after he says that he clears up. There's nothing there. So I caught that as well, but the Murphy's Hotel. I mean, they've had you know Mark Twain has stayed there. Uh, a lot of the people at Astor, John asked John Jacob Astor. A lot of the people that were on the time. It's kind of scary because a lot of people that were on the Titanic have stayed had stayed there at one time or another. But that was easy access to get to. Um, uh, President Grant stayed there, um, and it's it, it's really it's it's an active place. The Mark Twain Ballroom alone. I mean, you could be in there and be sitting there and you could hear stuff falling in the kitchen while, while you're sitting there, just having a conversation. In fact, the employees in there report that the drapes open and close by themselves, that they see them or the tables get rearranged in there. Stuff like that goes on. And again, the beds, the, you know, the beds will unmake, the beds will remake, that kind of stuff go, go on. And, and then they see the apparitions all over the hotels. Eleanor who runs, who, who at one time was, was the head maid there. I still think she's the head maid there and she shows up all the time to people. People will be having dinner in the, in the main dining room. And I'm talking like the rooms full of people eating and they'll look at, they'll look over by the window and they'll see a woman standing there in period clothing. And they'll mention it to the server saying, Hey, it's really cool that, that you, that you have a reenactor here. And the servers will, will go, well, that's not a reenactor. That's Eleanor. She looks over the hotel. We were told by one of the um, maintenance guys that stays there overnight, you know, cause there's always some, a, a night guy there. And he says that one time these kids, these two, these, these two guys had gone in there to steal stuff out of the hotel. Cause they leave the front door open for the guests to come and go. And he happened to um, come in. And they were running down the stairs towards him, and they were all white-faced. And he says, what What are you doing here? They said, well, we're getting the hell out of here. We don't want to be here. We just got chased downstairs by by this woman, and she was really, really mad at us. So Eleanor had chased them downstairs because there was no one else staying in the hotel at that time. Um, She has a tendency, if she doesn't like you, she'll lock your doors on you so you can't, like, go into your room. I had that happen once, that I had to make nice with her. There's John, um, Mark Twain ballroom, Karen, Karen and John are good buddies. And that's funny because one time I was, we were on a conference up there and we were doing sessions down in in that Mark Twain ball, you know, up in that Mark Twain ballroom. And we got an EVP of what sounded like Karen's husband. And I had a lot of concerns because I thought maybe something happened to him. So I had her call home and stuff, but it sounded, and it said, I love you. And it sounded just like her husband you can hear her go, I love you, John. And then he says, I love you back. But we've had people touch during EVP sessions, literally, you know, caressed. Well, they're minors, what are you going to do, especially if if you have young people with you? (laughs) You know, stuff like that, that goes on there. So you hear stories, you can talk to the employees, they'll tell you all kinds of stories about, you know, the activity in that place. Lots of activity, lots of activity in that place. But it's all good. It's all good. It's not, it's it's not anything aggressive or anything bad like like that. Um, So I'm trying to think off the top of my head stuff. I mean, we've been there so many times and, you know, there's just so much that's gone on that we've been able to document and there's stuff that we we've been able to debug too. Like the reports in the one room where the faucets turn on and off by themselves, you know, where people be laying in bed and hear hear the faucets. We discovered that um, the plumbing, the pipes expand at night and it sounds like water running. So if you're half asleep and you're laying in bed in, in any of the rooms, it might sound like that there's water running because there's only a couple rooms that have like water in them, you know, actual faucets, the rest is all communal bathrooms. But if, you know, if, if you're laying in bed, it might sound like the faucets running, but in reality it's, it's the pipes expanding in the walls and stuff. So we've been out there and debunked a lot of stuff too, but the stuff we haven't been able to debunk out there is just pretty cool. You know, it's a pretty cool hotel. I mean, we've got, lots of EVPs out of there talking, talking to these miners and stuff, you know, about what they do and, and they'll describe, you know, a lot of the time you can get one word answers out of them or whatever, you know, about what, what they did when they were alive. So it's kind of cool, but they're still all party. They're still, they're in party and They just have the salute like they always have. It makes no difference. You know, anyway, we've been off an hour. hope I didn't bore you guys to death. I'll have to find out what happened to our guest um it's kind of a bummer but okay i'm good with it we did a show anyway thanks guys for coming monday we're gonna have i'm pre-recording the show friday so monday we're gonna have a pre-recorded show come on that'll be on youtube and we have a natural healer that's going to be on brandy gilmore is going to be on with us and talk about some natural healing stuff you know everybody's popping pills and doing all this that they're getting from the doctors It'd be kind of nice to hear what kind of natural remedies there are for, are for the stuff that ails us. So she'll be on at Monday, Monday evening at 6 30 you know the usual time that'll be a pre-tape show but uh, here's a fun thing you know you guys have my a lot of you have my email uh, you have my Facebook if you want uh, any certain questions of me to ask this this natural remedy lady. If there's anything you want me to ask, shoot me an email, and I'll go ahead and ask during the interview that I do on Friday. So you can kind of have me involved with, it, with all this, too. But I thank you for coming, and uh hope I was entertaining and not just boring and wonky. But uh, I'll have to find out what happened to my guest tonight. Maybe, maybe get him rescheduled. But uh, okay, guys. I will see you. Hang on. Let me get, let me queue it up here. There we go. I want to queue it up. I will see you on Monday. Okay? Bye.